Hey there, Bucketheads. How we doing? Are we ready for the season finale? Season two? Mississippi. Mississippi is now completed. (laughs) Well, it's not completed yet. We have two two tales left to go. Yes, but by the end of this episode, Mississippi is is finito, and I am so happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so scared for what's next. I'm so like I am both excited for Mississippi to end and then terrified for what's to come. I know. <laughs> Here's our roller coaster of a of emotions. I also wanted to um, mention before we got started that we have over 300 listens before the end of season two, so we are at 150 listens per season, which is mental, which is crazy. And a we only solid... thought like five people would listen to like two episodes. <laughs> yeah, like we we did not think that anybody would listen to this, let alone anybody outside our so- social circle. And we have you know listeners in different states and and people who actually like listen to us every week. And they're yeah, looking. So thanks for putting up with our voices. Yeah, thanks for listening. I can't wait for what's to come in the seasons later because it looks like we can bang out like. Almost two seasons a year, almost. Maybe Part more of- if we don't, you know, take sick breaks like we did last year. As long as we stop dying, yeah, you know. uh, then we should be able to. So I feel like we're we're getting there, and it's it's going. So I'm so excited. I'm very excited. Very excited. Very excited. But uh, I get to start off this week with murder most foul. And yay, yay, <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun. Um, <laughs> let us get this all set up because I definitely did not before the podcast started. Um, so my story this week is from 1986. Okay, so which doesn't like for us, it's like, oh, yeah, it felt like it was like you know. 15 years ago. <laughs> we weren't even alive. I know, right? Like, it's it's not <laughs> that long. My sister was, but I was not. It, was, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's like almost 40 years ago now. So this is getting historical up in here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> on February 4th, 1968, in Forest, Mississippi, which is kind of north-ish, north-central Mississippi, so like the central part of North Mississippi, um, these 17-year-old student, Chandra May, um, who lived with her mother, her father, and her adopted brother, Tim, in a a little community in Forest called Pea Ridge. It's one of those places that, you know, you have Highway 35, you're just driving up, and there's that kind of exit to the side, and there's a little community right there. Oh, so it's Deltona. Cool. Yeah, so it's it's like that. (laughs) It's just, you know, a McDonald's, a gas station, and, like, it's Callahan. Five hundred people or five thousand people. Like that's oh, it. Oh no. Okay. So it's the it's the town my family's from in Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. Like you you got your handful of people and that's one paved yeah. road and that's yeah. It. That's all you yeah. got. Um. So Chandra May lived with her mother, her father, and her bro- uh, adopted brother Tim. Um. She went to a private school called Leak Academy. Um, which was just, you know, adjacent to a community called Madden, Mississippi, which is about 14 miles north of their uh, home in Forest, Mississippi. 
She was part of the senior class of 1968, and it's February, so uh, graduation wasn't too far away. So her routine. 68 or 86? 86, sorry. Okay. No, you're I, good. Because I was dyslexia. like, well, okay. <laughs> I, no, it's funny because I was like, okay, so she graduated a while ago. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. She still lives with her family. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so 86. We're in 86. If I say 68, it's because of my dyslexia. We're in 86 here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so her routine was, you know, she would get up in the morning, go about her day, go drive the 14 miles to school, go to school, come home. And then in the evenings and the weekends, she would work at the local McDonald's, you know, part-time job. Yeah. So Chandra was described as a sweet, you know, southern girl, um, brown hair, hazel eyes, just, you know, an average Mississippian, an average teenager. Mm -hmm. Well, on uh, February 4th, according to witness testimony, uh, Chandra went to school in the morning like normal, and then around 6 p.m. in the evening, Chandra clocked in to work at the local McDonald's. And like I said, Forest, Mississippi has about a 5,000 people population around this time, but the Scout, uh, Scott County, which is where Forest, Mississippi is, has about 20,000 people in the population. So this is a very small Mississippi place, you know. Yeah. Callahan. Um, Stark. Stark. Any of those places in Florida. So it was a Tuesday night, February 4th, and it was a slow one. It was cold. It was damp. It was rainy. It was winter. Um, so she clocked into the McDonald, uh, McDonald's for sh her shift at 6 o'clock. By 7.24, she's like, it's real slow. I'm going to go ahead and clock out. Like, you don't need however many people there are in this McDonald's. Yeah. Um, but she really needed the hours. She really wanted the money. So she stayed a little while seeing if it would just, you know, quicken up just a yeah. little bit. But by 740, she decided, no, nah, I'm wasting my time. I'm going to go ahead and go home. And they know the time because she called her mom and she let her know. She let her know that she was on her way home. Um, back home, it is now closer to, they say, 8, 830-ish. Um. Chandra's mom is a little concerned that her mom, uh, that Chandra is not home yet. Um, it's more than enough time to make her trip from the McDonald's to the house. And Chandra's father, Richard, and her mother, Janelle, um, Richard calls Jan uh, Janelle at home and Janelle's like, hey, uh, Chandra's not home yet. I don't know what's going on. Maybe, you know, something happened. Well, Richard has Janelle call Chandra's uncle and drive the route that he would drive, you know, yeah. to see if anything was going on. Maybe her car or Broke something down got or something. down. You know, it's 86. There's not really cell phones. Yeah. You don't know what's going on. Well, the search for Chandra ended, like, for her car and stuff, ended fairly quickly. Because as Janelle opened the front door to her house... A hundred yards away from the house was her car. Oh, no. Yeah. So just sitting up the road a little bit was Chandra's car, but no Chandra. Oh, that would immediately, like, just form a pit in my stomach. Oh, no. Yeah. So um, they go to check, you know, they run out to check the car. Chandra's uh, purse and all of the belongings in the, pretty, in the car was pretty much untouched. Um, 
the driver's door was open, but there was no evidence of any like oh, break in no. or you know anybody trying to steal her maybe like a robbery nothing like that the only thing in the car that was missing was her driver's license and a card which apparently she had just purchased on her way home from the mcdonald's because it's coming up on the 14th you know so she went it to the locals the tg and y store the variety store there in forest mm -hmm. to pick up a oversized valentine's day card for her boyfriend tony adams in edinburgh mississippi which is about 27 miles north of chandra's home mm -hmm. um so we have a car, we have no li uh, no license, no card, no Sandra. Oh, yeah. So this is February 4th. Now, the Scott County law enforcements were called in to search, you know, um, and the FBI were later joined in the assist to look for the missing girl. As the night wore on, the mystery of the missing girl began to take shape, as it says, um, but there was a significant lack of evidence around the side of the car. Uh, there was no forced entries, no struggles, doesn't seem like that. It looks like she just got home or was getting home, and she just, poof, thin air, just gone. Um, a lot of people speculate, when I was reading this, I was like, it sounded like somebody would, like in a police car or something pulled her over. Yeah. And like, or like somebody that she knew. knew or something like that. Yeah. So, but by morning, Chandra's, uh, the word of Chandra's disappearance had spread. Um, there was fear and just dread um, gripping the families around this community because, as you would think, 5,000 people, small town, small, yeah, small town, you know where, um, you know everybody yeah. so soon now it was like her face was just plastered on everything missing um signs in storefronts on bulletin boards telephone poles literally thousands of people were on the lookout for this missing this missing girl who had just disappeared overnight now you know most missing persons cases aren't like missing persons until about 48 hours after so which is dumb but i yeah i both agree and disagree with that because a lot of people you know some especially teenagers will you know frolic off and you know have a an adventure and then end up coming home and then you have the people like chandra who go missing and are definitely missing yeah um so law enforcement didn't really treat this as a missing persons case until that 48 mark now people were starting to look for her but it wasn't as intense as it would have been you know up into that 48 uh, hour mark right. now like what the the crime scene now is a car that's no longer parked in that same spot with hundreds of people tracing around the area so any footprints anything that would have been around the car at the time of her disappearance are now gone, gone. yeah no evidence left um which, you know, will cause issues later down the road because oh, if I'm there sure. was evidence, there's no longer evidence. Yeah. Now, days pass in February, almost up until March, and it is now the 26th of February, which happened to be Chandra's 18th birthday. So still no word, still nothing. Nobody can find Chandra. 
now. In Hines County, which is a little bit west of the capital of Mississippi, ja uh, Mississippi Jackson, um, there's a lot of forested, isolated country out there. Um, so on the 26th of February in Bolton, Mississippi, an off-duty fireman was out on a hunting exploration um, near Baker Creek. In this creek, it has a bridge kind of near hi Highway 20. So it's kind of like in this little triangular thing between two highways and like a okay. foresty area. So it's like densely forested. But the fireman um, came to alert the authorities because he was fishing in the river and found a mysterious object. Um, so after authorities came, they removed, it ended up being a plastic, a couple plastic bags. And within the plastic bags was the battered remains of Chandra May. Oh. Yeah. So 22 days after her disappearance, she was located about 80 miles away from her home. On her birthday? Yeah. That's that's fucked. I mean, to find her any day is fucked, but like on her on 18th her 18th birthday. birthday, super fucked. I was like, oh, that's not cool karma. Like the universe is like, okay, here you go. <laughs> Happy birthday. Found Happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> hey. All right. So um, during the first of two autopsies, Chandra's remains were found to be bo uh, bound and gagged with packing tape which is commonly used in the poultry and processing factories which is something that's uh, prominent in the region that she lived in yeah while the first initial autopsy really didn't um, yield any conclusive results the second autopsy different uh, ordered by a different law um, agency found out that she was die uh, she died of strangulation oh strangulation and then there was also signs of course of sexual assault of course of course because you have to have the trifecta there <sighs> so um the time of death um kind of remained uncertain and there were different like sorts of speculation on how long she'd actually been dead because she was in the water um now people say you know she could have been in the water for longer than she appeared just because it was freezing so it did preserve the body or it, it could have been you know she was alive up to 17 to 19 days after abduction oh. and only being dead for five days so the timeline does kind of vary a little bit but most sources say she was uh she was alive for at least up to 15 days after her abduction and um she was in the water for the rest of that period of time. <laughs> so that's just really sad because everybody was looking for this poor girl and there was just no real answers and no real evidence or anything like that. No. Um, so over time, you know, leads came and went. Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, a handful of suspects were considered, including Chandra's father. Um, Chandra's father uh, worked in, like, the oil rigs and stuff, so he was gone for long periods of time and then would come back. So at this time, you know, he wasn't at home. He was gone. So people considered, oh, well, he was gone. Well, maybe he came back. And that's why, you know, and then he just disappeared again. I feel like there would be documentation of that, though. I mean, right. oil rigs, I feel like, you know, you got to get flights in and out of there. Yeah, like you're not. So it was, um, and then the boyfriend, Tony Adams. Um, yeah. 
because you know we always look especially when it comes to things like this the father the boyfriend the brother mm-hmm. um the brother did it um brother didn't do it in this point, oh i was but, about to be like what i was like i'm i'm thinking of a different one um <laughs> But all were cleared um, after more in-depth investigations came. Um, some theorized it was the individual who uh, has been posed, like there was a person who was posing as a policeman in the Meridian area of Mississippi, uh, might have been involved, but there was no evidence to value um, or no no way to approve it because there was no yeah. evidence of it. Um, so a lot of speculation a lot of theories a lot of things thrown around um multiple suspects had there was no like progress at all yeah um people took polygraph tests try to see if anybody was lying like everybody that they suspected either like everybody came out clean like everybody was cleared um yeah so Um, There was a man um, named Richard Weeks who was arrested in August of 1992 that was incarcerated in a Missouri Missouri, uh, jail that was on charges. Um, He was transported back to Mississippi and um, to regard uh, regarding the murder of Chandra to see if he was in the area or anything at that time um, because he had spent time in scott and boyerver counties which are in mississippi in 1987 and 1988 on forgery charges but no evidence came about of during his um interrogation and then um another uh suspect on in march of 1993 in alabama um had a potential suspect named Ke- uh, kenneth mclean who had been brought up on charges of a, a girl named Lori Hill in Mississippi. At that time, um, she was 18 and pregnant, but McLean said that um, he had stopped he had stopped Miss Hill um, as by posing as a police officer and then strangled. Well, how do, how do all these people <laughs> just pose as police officers? <laughs> this um, is like like this is why we need to get rid of unmarked cars. Like, I understand that they pose a purpose. But anybody <laughs> can go get a police officer's uniform from the local, like, Halloween party store. Yeah. And they'd be like, I'm a cop in an unmarked car. Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't happen as often now. But, like, in the 80s, clearly it happened a lot. Yeah. Because and then McLean um strangled and dumped her lifeless body. So there was questions um about that murder um with McLean. And then he was also charged with another murder of a Sean uh Chandra, Chandra Feeler at the age of twenty-four. God um, damn. But he was never linked to the murder of Chandra May, um, because there was no hard evidence to link um kenneth mclean to either of those murders of Sha- uh, chandra feller or chandra may so they have similarities but there's no there was no evidence to link them so to this day uh, almost 40 years later the case of chandra may still remains unsolved are you fucking kidding me no 
I wish I was. Uh, I seriously wish I was. You got like halfway through the story and I was like, I swear to God, if this is an unsolved case, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> but yeah, it has to be like DNA testing that they can do now. Like our technology is so much better. Like there's got to that That would have been a great thing to do if they collected any DNA evidence at the scene. Well, but what about but on the they, packing tape? They, I don't know. They never, like, the the amount of mishandled evidence and just kind of no, like, no foresight. Fucking A. That in this girl. case is just ridiculous. Poor but girl. But she, she just, out of nowhere, uh, you know, just driving home, poof, gone. I mean, not even driving home. She was home. Yeah. Like, she, she was home. Was home. She was home. It has to be somebody that either she knew or an authority figure. Yeah. That's all of the speculation and the theories and stuff was somebody who, you know, she because knew. Because 100, 100 yards away, that's the length of a football field. Yeah. Like, if she had been abducted getting out of her car and screamed, somebody in her neighborhood would have heard. Yeah. So, like, she had to know. Yeah, like somebody like either like a classmate or you know somebody posing i'm like i'm really sold on the person posing as a police officer yeah because apparently it was a common theme yeah that and it's just like why would her driver's license be missing of all things but why would also the valentine's day card be missing i'm thinking it was maybe like a stalker or somebody like a secret admirer she had that like posed as a police officer or like posed as somebody and he's just like oh okay what if it was a teacher oh that's weird I don't like that. I don't either. But, like, <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Like, he had a crush on her or something? Yeah. Uh, reopen the case. <laughs> we got a new theory. Reopen we got a the theory. Case. We reopen the case. We got it. Um, but, yeah. So, oh, like, that's... poor thing. Yeah, that's, that's our... That's our super depressing murder most foul story. It's not as depressing as your murder most foul story. I like to point that out. I did catch that story a lot when I was researching. Yeah. I was like, this this is like the only okay. <laughs> yeah. But I found Miss I, I found Miss Poor Chandra and I was like, okay, her story must be told. Yeah. Oh, that poor thing. Yeah. Like just shy of her 18th birthday. He was found on her 18th birthday. That's like fucked up to me. Yeah. <laughs> fucking stop mishandling fucking crime scenes the 80s was i feel like really notorious for that it really was i feel like the the cops in the 80s were just like okay how about this we stop a drug deal like once a week and we'll just snort all the cocaine <laughs> and not worry about actual crimes <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's the vibe I get from 80s cops. Like, with their big porno mustaches. That is- <laughs> yeah. Like, we gotta go bust some criminals with some coke. We're running out here in the station. 
like all of the mishandled evidence and stuff, them bitches were high or something. They had to be. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't I can't imagine them just being like, okay, we're gonna take this murder seriously today. And then everybody in the precinct is just <laughs> like all they all like <laughs> throw their heads back and laugh like an 80s sitcom or something like, yeah it's like that one guy in the corner well i think shut up fred like, <laughs> <laughs> fred, nobody cares trying, fred yeah so fred's just trying to solve a crime and everybody else is just having a good she's, time she's not a little blonde girl fred we don't care yeah we yeah yeah she's 17 and a brunette <laughs> not worth the time like nope. what is that <laughs> it's not gonna make newspapers yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good selling point for the precinct we're not really gonna try <laughs> oh my god fucking amen i can't i can't with people all right well hopefully your story is a little bit better than mine well okay so i knew i was doing the last story of mississippi and yeah. it's a cryptid yeah so i had to dig deep i had to do well and i found something uh-huh because of course on my search i ran across you know the elephant men i ran across uh -huh. the sasquatches and the big feet which love them to death but they're not <laughs> what we're looking for no, we need something entertaining and fun. Exactly. I found river <laughs> monsters, but it's yeah. like, meh. Yeah, we know Mississippi's got a river. Okay, there's going to be a river monster or two. Obviously. But. Okay. I found one site. Mm -hmm. And, like, I searched hard. I went on Reddit. I went on r slash cryptids. I typed wow. in Mississippi. Yeah, like, I was like, I'm going to, I have to find <laughs> the golden nugget. <laughs> The golden nugget of Mississippi. I'm so excited. Now, unlike yours, I have a date. Oh, okay, good. I have a mine, date. Mine was just out there but in I the universe. I only have one story. Okay. It's going to be the best damn thing I've ever heard. I can't Because <laughs> Mississippi deserves this story. And so do you. Okay. All the of our 10 listeners can't wait. <laughs> The Man Bat of Mississippi. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That wasn't what I wanted, but it's everything I needed. And I haven't <laughs> even started the story yet. Oh God, no, I saw the Man Bat of Mississippi <laughs> and I was just like, okay, <laughs> tell me more. I would like to hear all the things, please. <laughs> And again, I only got the one story. I found it on two different sites, but it was the same story. Okay. Okay. So it's definitely true. <laughs> exactly. So we're in 1991. Okay. Okay. The witness and his two friends. I'm assuming it's a he. I don't okay. want to assume their gender, but it was with yeah. two dudes. And so I'm assuming it's three friends that are all of the same gender you never know it could have been a girl and two dudes and they were just you know having a three-way and ran across <laughs> the man bat like who knows <laughs> but so the witness was with their two friends mm -hmm. in manatachi okay mississippi and they were doing what children in wet counties in mississippi do which was finding somebody to buy them beer Eh, get drunk. Yeah, because they were underage, and so they found somebody to buy them alcohol. 
and then they took the alcohol to go to their favorite spot, which was at a local park. I'm telling you, they were having a three-way. <laughs> <laughs> so they were in the truck, and the witness is sitting in the middle, and they pull up to their little park, and they're like, okay, time to get out and drink. So the person in the passenger seat gets out, and then the person telling the story, the witness, gets out. And I don't have any other names, by the way. Okay. It's Yeah, it's all told first person. So the person who's the witness and telling the story gets out, and uh, they hear something strange. They oh, heard this. the sound of a tennis ball on the court. Huh. Like bouncing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very distinct sound. It is a very distinct sound. So they look and try to find the source of the noise, and they see somebody on the tennis court with the tennis ball. This is usually what happens. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. But it wasn't like a normal person, which I don't know <laughs> <laughs> how this isn't a normal person. Because the only descriptor that they gave was that uh, it was about a six-foot-tall figure wearing a dark cloak that appeared to have a pouch on its back. So a goth person who wearing a backpack, wearing a backpack, really wanted to play some tennis. Exactly, <laughs> and they're just being scrutinized. Exactly, <laughs> gothic people are allowed to like tennis. We are okay. We may not play it very often, but we can like it. <laughs> and if, especially if it's dark outside, maybe they just want to hit the ball on the court. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. So the two that were out of the truck now look to the driver who is still in the truck and is like, yo, you seeing this shit? And the driver sees it and something causes all of them to get back in the truck and leave. Wow, that's so descriptive. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, I don't know if they were just like, fuck, we're underage and we came here to drink. Now, mind you, they hadn't opened the bottle yet, so they are supposedly entirely sober. Okay. I don't believe that because uh definitely people drink and drive so yeah that's my thought especially people that are getting somebody else to buy alcohol for yeah, them. yeah like they're not but supposed like, to be drinking so why not why not break that one rule let's break a bunch of rules exactly while doing the drinking that we're, we're not gonna break to we're gonna break the one rule but we're gonna be responsible about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> said no teenager ever ever absolutely ever. not <laughs> i know i didn't i didn't either <laughs> my drunk ass tried to push a car out of a driveway because i was afraid it was going to wake up my parents yeah no <laughs> what oh yeah no my parents were like my dad was like super cool right he was like you can drink in the house because we want you to be safe but you know don't drink or do anything outside of the house so i stole their vodka and i left it in my closet and a friend was over and we got super drunk and we're like, oh, my God, we should go hang out with these dudes because that's what you do when you're yep. super drunk and you're like, I don't know, 16. And but I was like, no, 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 we can't turn the car on in the driveway because it'll wake up my mom. So, like, we'll put it in neutral and we'll just push it out of the driveway and then we'll turn it on. My driveway's not that long. It's not. Number one. And number two, my driveway has like an incline. Uh-huh. So why did I why did either of us think because we both agreed it was a good idea. <laughs> like, it wasn't just me like she's like yeah let's do that. And 
that we both could intoxicated push a car out of the driveway with the incline a car <laughs> do your parents listen to the podcast no okay good because i was about to be like ah. they also know this story so okay good <laughs> oh yeah no i have told them most of my stupid things that i did when i was a teenager because i had a very large window right next to the side gate that i could just literally step out of and do whatever yeah. i wanted in the middle of the night and yep. i and i did and people also came in and out like it was a revolving door my window <laughs> okay but the 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 obvious the very sober teenagers okay are now in the truck fleeing the gothic tennis player <laughs> okay because there was nothing in the story to indicate like that this like person figure thingy was like to, like trying to attack <laughs> <laughs> like there was no like like as far as i could as far as they told the story this person was just bouncing a tennis ball on the court and they were like nah bruh like that's no i need better explanation than this <laughs> exactly so um they are in the truck they're driving away right they're mm -hmm. a couple miles down the road and then they see something flying towards them. Now, Ooh. I don't know if it was, like, flying towards them or if it was, like, flying behind them and, like, catching speed. Okay. Either okay. way. Yeah. Yeah. So, either way, they see something flying at them. Mm -hmm. And this thing was a large bat creature. So, it could have been just a super large bat or, like, did it have, like, legs and arms and, like looked humanoid so the only further description i got was that when it was several feet away from them like had caught up with their car mm -hmm. um they could see the glowing red eyes of this creature okay yeah and they saw this moments before it flew in front of their windshield and just vanished into the night poof <laughs> excuse me <laughs> <laughs> okay so vanished into the night they immediately go to one of their homes did not open the bottle because they were so startled by what they had seen and they stayed inside all night okay so this story needs a lot of seasoning because it like does now mind you <laughs> this is not the only story of a man bat that i saw okay but they didn't take place in mississippi but they took place not far from the Mississippi River. Okay, so maybe Man Bat lives on the on the river. On the right, river. like the river is his territory. Which honestly, you know, because I was a man bat. as recent as recent as two thousand and six. But I think it was in like Wisconsin. It's really not that recent. It's not. <laughs> I was like, it's there's there's now a two in front of the last number in our year. Like there's a zero and that's a two. <laughs> but still, it's like less than 20 years ago. Barely. <laughs> Barely. Leave me alone, okay? <laughs> what? But yeah, no, apparently there is a cryptozoologist named Linda Godfrey who has, like, been researching this and apparently only found three stories about it. 
So, but they all take place in, in in there's this one in Mississippi, and then there are the other ones on the Mississippi River. So I'm thinking the river is this version of Mothman's territory. Yeah, because to me, listening, like reading the the half description that we got, it's a Mothman. Yeah, creature feels very Mothman. Red eyes, wings. Yeah, Mothman. Um, my brain just went um but my thing is is like i need to know what happened on the tennis court for these teenagers to be like deuces i'm out because not a lot of teenagers have that brain we have three against one yeah and like granted sure they were there to drink alcohol underage and maybe they just didn't want to get caught and they're like because see my thing is is what i bet is that there was somebody on the tennis court that was kind of creepy and they were like nah let's just go somewhere else to drink yeah and then they were leaving and a bat hit their windshield yeah like that sounds like the most logical of things because bats can get pretty fucking big yeah they can like especially like fruit bats and stuff like them bitches is huge like a flying fox bat fucking huge i'm so glad you know this much about bats because i know nothing about bats other than there was (laughs) one in my apartment one time (laughs) yeah there was (laughs) it would be the time after i like i moved away too i know because you were the first person that i texted (laughs) there's a bat bat in my apartment i don't know what to do come help me i'm like i'm in texas i can't um but yeah like no like there's certain bats that can get really really big yeah um now are they really native to america not really but you know there's invasive species and weird shit all the time or maybe it was really dark and it was just a really big bird oh fair 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 like a vulture or something yeah yeah or an owl yeah, those also get very large. But yeah, like something like that. That seems a little bit more plausible. As much as I want man bat to be a thing, because I'm telling you right now, like I'm formulating a tattoo in my head as we speak. Um, oh, no, some of the like illustrations they had of it, fucking amazing. Yeah, like I was like, this is this is like out of like the like a horror movie. Yeah, like I'm like, 100% sold. Yeah. Um, but with this less like a, like this like minuscule amount of like the crumbs that they're giving us for the details i'm not salt right like and i'm like i'm trying to figure out like how because like as i said there were no names yeah we have a city we have a date yeah but that's like it yeah like my bigfoot story has more stuff than that i know that's why i was like i have a date but not much else <laughs> <laughs> i have a basic ass description and a date <laughs> but yeah no like if i if it man bat 100 sold on man bat i hope he has a great life on the mississippi river like a thousand percent sold do i believe these weird ass teenagers who are definitely doing a threesome in the park saw man bat <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> like i'm telling you you're like there's like oh yeah like there's vague descriptions and yeah no like literally, and alcohol it was it was a six foot tall figure wearing a dark cloak that appeared to have a pouch on its back is am i to assume that the pouch is like its wings folded in does it keep its wings in a backpack like <laughs> it's a stylish man bad <laughs> he's like i want to walk around with the real people puts a backpack on <laughs> stuffs his wings in there <laughs> he's like i just really wanted to play tennis and these weird teenagers are judging me are judging me 
So I looked at them with their really weird red eyes. Like I could just like if so like they're like, okay, well then we got in our car and we left. But like, what if like Man Bat was chilling on the tennis court, just minding his fucking business? What if he wanted a drink? Yeah, and he just like looked over at them with the red eyes, and they were like, "Oh no!" Ah, or like growled at them or something like that. What yeah, like if like you'd heard the tennis ball like you know going up and down, and then like you looked over and you're like, "Ah, that's a creepy figure," and then the figure looked at you with its like glowing red eyes and was like, Aah. "Yeah, like maybe. I would have left. I would have yeah. been like, and that's my cue to go." <laughs> yeah, like now I'm now I'm 100 sold in your story, but now you're just like, "Oh yeah, well we saw the creepy figure chilling." with the with the tennis ball and we decided to leave like that's not enough for me like you're convincing yeah. older people to buy you alcohol and you can't come up with a better story than that i don't think it's that hard to convince an older person in mississippi to buy somebody alcohol i have not tried so i wouldn't <laughs> know but if it's a small town then probably not yeah but still like I need something, something else. So, like, idea of man bat sold, like execution. Eh. But yeah, so um, that is the man bat of Mississippi. Awesome. As I said, it wasn't much, but like that name, I'm fucking sold, man. Sold. I hope the I hope those teenagers had a great time with their threesome at home. Yeah, they definitely needed to cuddle after that scary experience. <laughs> I don't know why every time, like some weird, like the people are like you're just oh, just chilling. No, they're doing something fucking weird. <laughs> we saw aliens. Are you sure you're not gay? <laughs> like every time. <laughs> you sure you're not gay? We're cool with it if you are. We are too. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're we're sold. Just be honest. <laughs> right? Just be honest we with yourself. It, we get that it was the 70s, but like it's not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you know what? No, we didn't see aliens. We were just lovers. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't see a weird man bad. We just wanted to have sex. <laughs> like, just be honest, people. <laughs> right? Don't have to make up weird creatures. All right. Because then it gives the rest of us that want the weird creatures to be real. They're very sad. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I want, like, somehow I got on, like, weird, like, edited TikTok. So, like, these videos of, like, cryptids and stuff being real, which are all fake. And I'm like, maybe I just want them to be real. Like, stop making fake ones so I can't determine which is real, which is fake. I want Mothman to be real so bad. Right? You can Mothman get a Mothman and Bigfoot. Those are the two. Yeah. Like they deserve to be happy and they deserve to be real for how much we talk about them. Exactly. Yeah. God, could you imagine how many cryptozoologists would be just like vindication? <laughs> <laughs> we find a Yeti and all of the cryptozoologists are like, I fucking told you so. You called me crazy for three decades. <laughs> Who's the crazy one now? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So. Are we ready? No. <laughs> I'm, scared. I'm scared. The bucket is sitting here waiting for me. All right. The bucket bears now are to bear the name of the new state for the next season. What are uh, we hoping? Next. I don't, I, God, I don't know. Like, because last time we were hoping for something like 
yeah semi close to home but different and we got mississippi and we were excited and then we were like oh no mississippi's very sad (laughs) (laughs) that is very true i will say there are two that i'm scared about well technically three okay because west if we get west virginia i'm gonna go i'm gonna go all in on mountain people and mothman oh mountain people if we get kentucky i'm very worried my natural accent's gonna come back out and then for Idaho, I have a very sad story because that's where my family's from. Okay. My mom's side. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Uh, yeah. What yeah. are you hoping for? You know, I'm dead, dead hoping for something New England based. Like, you know, that's where my heart is. Yeah. Is in New England. If I ate clam chowder, it would be clam chowder. Um, I don't know if you can hear me rustling the bucket. I can. I can. Yeah, it's it's waiting to be. I know. I'm. I'm to be unleashed. Um, I definitely am scared of anything. Anything else in the South? That's, right. I feel like we need a break from the South. Yeah. Okay. So, are we ready? I'm gonna drum roll. Da 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 da. da. <laughs> my, my lackluster drum roll. Da 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 da. Ah, Georgia. Oh, no! Why are we still in the South? <laughs> the bucket wants more South. <laughs> the bucket wants more sadness. Ugh. At least I, have, I already know. have a story prepped. So that's I was going to say, I feel like I already do, too, because Jen said she was waiting for us to do Georgia for to see if we would find something okay. specific. And I sort of know what it is, so now I sort of know what to look for, but... I don't know who gets the worst history on this one because I have to do pre-Civil War. You have to do post. Yeah. I don't know who gets the worst history on this one. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm not excited about that at all. I know. God, (laughs) bucket. And like, I, like, uh, that entire conversation, I was just rummaging around, mixing everything in, hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing from the South. Nothing from the South. And here we are. Oh, Georgia like again. Alone in it. Okay. It's okay. Nintendo 64 cartridge. Been like, <laughs> <laughs> started over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then we will see you guys next season. Where we for will Georgia. For Georgia. We're going to talk about Georgia. It's going to be very exciting stuff. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, I feel like Georgia's got, I feel like Georgia is just a more Southern Florida yeah so like hopefully we'll have some good like georgia man stories Ooh, georgia man stories would be fun i don't know of any cryptids in georgia like i feel like bigfoot like the the skunk ape and stuff kind of flows into georgia oh but you know i gotta find something crazy like the man bat of i can't tell you how much i want a man bat tattoo right now you're (laughs) going for it dude i do it I have no money, but <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes about, it shall be a thing. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the season finale of season two of History Bucket, the podcast. Mississippi. It is now over, and hopefully Georgia will bring some interesting and fun stuff. Yeah, Hopefully not too depressing, but we will always we try not to shy away from the depressing because, because we it's know important. it's important. Yeah, we just you know we hate that we have to tell you guys about it because we hate that it happened. Yeah, but. we don't like we don't like telling you guys about sad stuff, but sad stuff needs to be told. Yeah, so 
All right. Well, follow us on our social media pages, History Bucket, the podcast on Facebook, and History underscore Bucket on Instagram. We are getting slightly better with our social media stuff. Um, so please do give us a follow and make sure you come back for the next season. Thank yeah. you guys so much. We'll see if in Georgia. We'll see you in Georgia. Double Bye. went down there. Yeah, that's that's what lost, I heard. Lost the fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye. Bye.